Welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast show. Myself, Brad Simcox. Uh, the Arrowheads Abroad Supreme with myself, Tom Childs, and backing us up at safety is Dave Barnett. So, uh, DJ is being released, and the Chiefs fans have to pick the nuts out of the shit that is the Marcus Peters trade deal. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> what the hell's happening, mate? What the, what the hell's going on with this? <laughs> we literally said three weeks ago that we were never going to swear again. <laughs> you took, what, 20 seconds? Wait, when did that happen? Did I miss it? <laughs> yeah, you won't yeah we did promise it, but it, it's needed. Yeah, I'm, was this I'm... the drunken one? Um, well, no, what happened It's was been a few, mate. <laughs> we, swore, we swore a bit too much in the drunken podcast, so when we recorded the professional podcast, we then made an agreement there would be no more swearing, especially for me. But Brad, what, took 15, 20 seconds yeah. <laughs> of poor swearing? Breaking the record straight away. Yeah. Mate, I, mate, I'm furious about this. We've been having a little chat off air, but I mean, this is, we've, well, well, we've just heard it. I mean, what has it been, an hour, an hour since we've heard the news? Two, and I think. Two hours, whatever. Seven, yeah, I think. Yeah. But I, I think we've all agreed that this, this week has been one of the hardest as a Chiefs fan, because as soon as we heard, well, let's start from the beginning. We heard a lot of news stories uh, or one news story that we thought, ah, this is just crazy. It's just a silly season wasn't kind of news story, though. Yeah, it was, it was like it was a, a tweet, bit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and a single tweet. Exactly. That was it. Um, I reacted to it and I did a video on it and made myself look very stupid on it as well because uh, literally four days after that, we trade <laughs> arguably our best cornerback. Arguably our best. Sorry, arguably our best player. Arguably our best cornerback. Arguably our best player. It's just, I, I just can't get my head around this. I'm, I'm actually shaking while I'm talking about this because I, I am just bouncing. I am proper bouncing about this. And not good bouncing. Not no, not good bouncing because I was on a high before because I was thinking we've got Fuller, we've got Peters, um, we've got Amerson. Yeah, I thought he's a, he's going to be a bit of a backup player, you know that kind of thing. But then we get rid of Peters, and then all of a sudden the holes have just flung right open. Well, you see, that was the thing that initially sort of threw out that rumour was the Amazon signing. And then someone was like, oh, yeah, that's because they're trying to shop Peters. And I was just like, that doesn't seem to make any sense, really. Like, Amazon was a good player a couple of years ago, don't get me wrong. He had a bit of a so-so year last year. But, you know... Signing guys like that are not usually straight up replacements for, you know, one of the best five players at their position in the league. So it was just, it just seemed a bit nonsensical. Um, so, yeah, when it all got put together, it was just like, what the flip is happening here? <laughs> I'm glad you said there. flip you're, <laughs> you're spot on there, Dave. When we did sign the likes of Kendall Fuller and David Amerson, I thought. Great, Kendall Fuller's there to be the opposite starter to Marcus Peters. Amerson's there to replace the guys like Mitchell, the guys like Darrell Reeves, the guys like Philip Gaines, the guys that aren't going to be around uh, anymore. But now we're sitting in a situation where it's looking like David Amerson, the guy that played god-awful last year for the Raiders, is now going to be one of our starters unless we address cornerback in free agency. Like, back to the, the original tweet, I have no doubt that that was clickbait. I genuinely believe that yeah. that whole tweet was sent just throwing it out there and seeing if they got lucky and this particular reporter did get lucky some might say he had inside knowledge but I don't believe that anyone really had inside knowledge on this trade because 
the whole of the Kansas City media and the NFL media was ruling it out so much. Well, that was the thing. That that's the thing I just find hilarious is that in the past couple of hours since they've announced what the compensation was going to be, you've got you've had loads of people tweeting about, oh well, yeah, there's definitely issues going on behind the scenes and stuff, and it's like, sorry, but weren't you just like a week ago tweeting that there's absolutely no chance that the the Chiefs trade Peters, and all of a sudden you've just developed this massive insider knowledge that. Apparently, no one had a week ago, and everyone rubbished all this mm-hmm. talk. So it's just—it's hilarious to watch everyone suddenly backtracking as if they knew what the hell was going on. Because a guaranteed, like ninety-nine point nine percent of people had absolutely no clue that this was really going to happen, and especially, especially for as little as we've got back for him. Because, you know, you know what I mean? It's like a second and a fourth round pick. Like, and the second round pick is not until next year. So the overall trade value is basically equivalent to, like, a late second round pick this year. For one of the top five players at his position, who's still got one year left on his rookie deal and a fifth year option... So for the next two years, we're only scheduled to play him, pay him about $11 million. So that's $5.5 million a year average for a top five player at cornerback. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's that's peanuts. Yeah. So like, even if we didn't sign him after his rookie deal expired and didn't re-sign him, we're guaranteed pretty much a third round pick. That guy's going to get paid once his rookie deal's up. It's as simple as that. So we're pretty much guaranteed a third round pick. So we, by trading him two years earlier, yeah. we've managed to move up what around in terms of trade value. Crazy. That makes no sense to me. Like if the if the market for him isn't there, then straight up you don't trade him. Yeah. Like this this just it doesn't make any sense. Like and this is why I think where the Chiefs have got some serious explaining to do because unless they can come out and give a legitimate reason as to why they have done this, then they are going to be the laughing stock of the NFL for the foreseeable future because unless there is a legitimate reason for trading him, nobody can understand why you've traded him for so little. Like it, Look at Sammy Watkins last year, a guy that was constantly injured. You know, Buffalo got what was it, a second round pick and another player in return for Sammy Watkins. So basically they got equivalent value for a receiver that had underwhelmed and been constantly injured since entering the NFL as we got for a a top five position player at probably one of the three most important positions in football. Yeah. I, it us. baffles me. Absolutely we, baffles me. We gave them a sixth as well. Yeah, I, I say it, it's just that's insane. I say, the overall value is basically less than what the Bills got for Watkins last year, who, as I say, was under massively underperforming and constantly injured, and yet somehow, apparently, that's all we can get for Peters. Explain it, because until the Chiefs do, I. I just honestly, I have a hard time seeing how I can mm-hmm. back them on this because it's just 
outrageous, really. Well, we we there's a lot of theories around this, so we'll, let's let's discuss all the different theories of what the hell's happened. Because we we're over here in the UK, we haven't got a clue. We don't have sources or anything like that. We're just having to pick up what's going on on Twitter, on the websites, all that kind of thing. All the news, the, you know, you know, the news areas and all that that we that we 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 seem to have just hawked all this time, haven't we? We've just seemed to have just kept an eye on this all week. For you, Tom, where do you think this problem lies? What what do you think has gone wrong for the Chiefs to go, that's it, we've had enough? Um, where do I start? I think there's a combination of a couple of things. Um, oh God, right, how do I, how do I put this? <laughs> I've been thinking about this all weekend. Um, you've got a combination of Marcus Peters not being into want not wanting to be in the city. Um mm. why he wants to be in the city is probably the bigger que- the bigger question. Um yes he could be homesick but you just don't trade players because they're homesick because if you done that there no player would be playing for any teams. It's just not the way it works. Um I lean towards that Marcus Peters hasn't been the most popular of athletes in Kansas City. Um, most notably for his his protests, um, a lot of Chiefs fans weren't happy with the way he went about it. Whether he was cycling, sitting, kneeling, or fist pumping, um, he hasn't been a popular guy, especially this season. Mm-hmm. And I was I'm wondering, I am wondering if it's a combination of a mutual agreement between Marcus Peters, the Clark Hunt, and Andy Reid that maybe the best thing to do for, for all parties was was to move on because of the relationship that Marcus Peters had with the fans and possibly with some coaches. Now we, the only people are going on about off off the field issues. Well, we have no evidence of off the field issues, but no. we do have evidence of Clark Hunt not liking Marcus Peters' stance on the national anthem and Chiefs fans not being a very not not being a fan of Marcus Peters. So. Based but, on what I know, that's that's where I see the trade, and that's where I see where it come from. A quick question off that, though, Tom, is say there was an agreement in place between Hunt, Reed, Veach, Peters that they would make the trade. Mm-hmm. Surely that's made on the basis of value. if we receive yeah. what I, we th- deem to be fair value. And, and nobody can look at that trade and say that's fair value. And this is, I completely agree with you, and this is where I hate the trade. If you're going to make that agreement, you've got to make it work for all parties. And at the moment, the only person that this works for is Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Well, and, the, get, and the LA and, Rams. And the, and the Rams, of course, yeah. They've, they've, got, they've got a terrific player. They've got a player that's been incredible at his position without any pass rush to support him whatsoever. Like I dread to think how good he's going to be with the pass rush that the Rams are able to generate. Like his turnover level, his interception levels are going to keep going up and up and up. And if he works it out in LA and he signs a big contract with them, then you are potentially talking about Dion part two. That's how scary good I think that Marcus Peters could be. Yeah. But the Chiefs, again, have got it, all comes back down to an explanation, as you said earlier. If that is the case, then the Chiefs do need to come out and say why they accepted it. But I'm not necessarily looking for specifics because I don't expect them to completely air their day laundry out because if there was something a disciplinary issue that went on then that's between them and team but at least come out and say that there was disciplinary issues don't just leave us in the dark like this mm-hmm. uh, before the before the podcast we were chatting uh, Tom and I about 
what we are obviously all the different scenarios and, and thoughts that we had around uh, the reasons behind him wanting to leave and stuff. But I, I said to you before, didn't I, that the I never really kind of got that Peters was settled. He was playing some great football, but I just didn't. It just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't seem to fit in Kansas City, did he? Am I doing it? Matter. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, Nobody. I totally get that. Like, yeah, but no, you know what I mean. No, nobody grows up. You know, I'm sure no West kid, West Coast kid grows up and goes. You know what? One day I want to play for Kansas City. Like, no, I'm sure they don't. Like, it's just the way the world works. Yeah, it's the same for like I'm sure plenty of guys that play for teams like the Browns and other places. It's like nobody dreams, grows up and dreams that I want to play for that team because they don't. It's yeah. true. It's how it works. But with the system in the NFL, you get drafted, you know, you like it or lump it, that's where you got to play until the end of your rookie deal. Yeah, and, and this is where I was going with the, the kind of, is it is it uh, a Peter's attitude uh, issue that we've got here, that he he was either A, homesick, I mean, he was always going back, you know, to the Raiders players and, and going out with them and all that, wasn't he, and... and Spending a lot of time over in, uh, in 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 California. Yeah, but it's not like it affected his game. No, it didn't. That, that's so, the thing. He, he, he still see... had the ability, and he still had the the you know the presence. He was still a fantastic player. Well, I mean, you see, you got plenty of guys going back to like places like Miami and in you know and Florida in the off season. You know, mm-hmm. guys that also play in sort of that you know Midwest yeah. belt, shall we say? Um, that travel back over to the coast during the the off season and go and hang out with friends from back home and other players from around where they grew up and stuff like that. And you know, it's never been a big issue for me. Like that's the thing. If I, you know, it's like for me, if you had a similar system in the UK and you know, having been you know brought up and lived in Manchester my entire life, I got drafted to go and play in somewhere that I didn't want to live for sure. I'd go back to Manchester over the summer. Yeah. I don't see it be a, be a big deal as long as when you're playing for your team, you're given a hundred percent and, you know, based on Marcus Peters and level of play over the past year. Yeah. There's been some issues there, but I don't think you can ever say that Marcus Peters doesn't care. Well, like that's the one no, thing but... I don't, you can ever accuse Marcus Peters no, of is not caring. I, I was going down the route of, is it because of he, he's still quite young, and is is it the professionalism that maybe Clark Hunt didn't like? Maybe if if he had that issue with uh, with Peters, was it had the, far worse than that before? Well, I'd say it out. Yeah, right. but Travis Kelsey is a man that has issues with disciplinary. He's a, he's had more penalties, hasn't he? Than he's, uh, he had Peters? more penalties. He has been ejected from a game. Um, so, but you don't see any of this like going on with him uh, maybe there has been something that's gone on behind the scenes that is far too bad for them to come out and say maybe Marcus Peters has done a John Terry I I, I don't know well, but... the thing is for me like <laughs> yeah. you've literally had guys and I will use the term allegedly here been you know possibly murdered people but have had careers in the NFL and their team stuck by them and Mm. they went on to have largely successful careers and I'm sure you know the alleged players I'm talking about (laughs) Um, and are somewhat looked on extremely favourably still after their NFL careers 
And do you know what I mean? It's like that's people supposedly having murdered people and people don't give a shit. So unless Marcus <laughs> Peters has is like secretly up for a murder charge or something, I don't buy this whole off the field stuff. I just don't buy it. Like unless he has done something so horrendously awful. Like, you know, we have a guy on our team now who's one of our best players who was prosecuted for punching his girlfriend in the stomach while she was pregnant. Mm. Like, and but we no, don't seem to no, give a crap about that. Yeah, but no one cares now because he's a good player. But, but that's but what I mean. No, but so is Peters. So why, yeah. does no one, so, why, so why do so many people care about Peters all of a sudden? Ah, but you see, like, but look, at, look at that person that you were talking about before who allegedly, you know, punched his girlfriend, that kind of thing. No, allegedly. Look at, there was no allegedly. He got charged. No, well, got, yeah, you know what I mean. Done but for that. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be a bit safe here, you know what I mean? It <laughs> doesn't matter. There's nothing to be safe about. He got charged no, no, for exactly. it. It's, exactly. But it's, it's what I'm saying before. It's like that kind of level of professionalism with the team, isn't it? Whatever you do outside of outside of the, the outside of the you know uh, arrowhead, it's it's another matter. It's but, another issue. But that's but the when thing. We don't but when have you're with any coaching staff. We don't have anything to go off. Yeah, we've seen a few bits on the field, but as I say, it's certainly no worse than I don't think other players have pulled. No, yeah. For the Chiefs, um, so unless the Chiefs come out with some information on something that Peters has done that justifies this that we go, I, oh, I find yeah, right. <laughs> I find it hard to believe like, I, I just find it hard to believe there's not some there has to be something there and if there is something there the Chiefs like sure they're not going to come out with the gruesome details of it all but they need to come out and say something because if they don't they are not going to be looked at very favourably in this because all it looks like right now is that a guy that took a stand against you know the oppression that a lot of young black men have to deal with in the United States of America and it upset a few people, then if that's what it's all about, then that is horrendously wrong. Yeah. But if that's not what it's about and there's something else behind all of this, the Chiefs need to come out and say it because otherwise it doesn't reflect well upon the Chiefs and guys like Clark Hunt and Andy Reid and Brett Veach right now. It we, really doesn't, and I, I really don't want to be associated with a team that pulls moves like this. If it is with regards to stuff like that, because I have a hard time dealing with that as being a, an acceptable thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was saying to Tom before that um, it, it, something like this we've had, we've seen players like this before. We've seen like these excellent players that just don't seem to fit in the right you know square pegs round holes kind of thing and I mentioned a player a a soccer player over here in the UK that I thought it's it almost likens it to Peters is Paul Gascoigne because he was he was this kind of genius kind of footballer and nobody knew how to handle him nobody nobody but it's slightly different Paul Gascoigne wasn't Okay, he's recovering, but an alcoholic, he had a drink problem. That was his issue. Everyone knew it was yeah. his issue. But Marcus Peters, we don't know what his issue is. No. So, okay, yeah, he might be tough to handle. He might have the same problems in LA and end up being becoming a journeyman. Very much similar to a Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. who Andy Reid did suspend as, as well in, in during his time in Philadelphia. But until we know details, we can't make a judgment on this. No. And we can only be left to speculate. And as Dave just said in a, in a minute ago, the most obvious um, reasoning behind this trade is to do with the national anthem at this moment in time because 
the Chiefs haven't given us or the media despite Anything what else. they say about yeah. being in the clue but being clued up they haven't given us another reason to believe in this because we didn't see any off the field issues or hear of any off the field issues um, to do with Marcus Peters people are using the term cancer in a locker room I personally hate that term myself yeah. but there's been no evidence of him being a cancer in the locker room Terrence Paler came out the other day and said that this move hasn't gone down well in the Chiefs locker room Yeah. if he if he if he was a, a supposed cancer in the locker room, p- players wouldn't be having that feeling, would they? But he's, he's, he's one of those influential players as well, wasn't he? He was, he was one of those players that would make a, an interception or strip the ball. or He was one of those talisman players that would get every t- everybody on that team up. So I, I agree with you there. I, I can't for one minute think that him being a cancer in the locker room was, was one of the issues because he was such a, an influential player. You, you know, pl- players around you would respond to that. At the end of the day, the Chiefs players, they're there to win a Super Bowl. They're there to get paid. They're there to win a Super Bowl. They know that they've got a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with Marcus Peters than without him. The Rams now know that they've got a much better chance of winning the Super Bowl now they have Marcus Peters in their, in, in their def- defensive backfield. What the Chiefs... Oh, God, I'm... Waffling again, I'm getting angry. <laughs> Typically, I'm getting angry. Uh, we, have you noticed we've got we've we, we're talking louder and we're talking faster as we're yeah. putting, getting our points going as well. Um, I'm waffling now. I've lost my trailer for. I apologise. Let's someone else carry on. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and think for the next thirty seconds about what I'm going to say next. <laughs> well, well, I've I've done a little bit of a, a vote on Twitter at the minute just to find out what what people are actually more angry about in this this trade deal with the Rams. Uh, the first one was, you know, a Marcus Peters going. Are you are you are you hurt about that more, uh, or are you hurt about the the fact that we've only got a second and a fourth for him, or are you really really pissed about the uh, the sixth round uh, pick that we've had to give the Rams? And at the minute, I think the sixth round pick that we've given to the Rams is is leading the the vote. Well, that's ridiculous because I don't because you don't know the. The issues that he had, yeah. I don't see how you can't be annoyed about this trade in terms of losing the player that is Marcus Peters. Because let's not forget how good a player he is. But how, how do you a give player. a six-round pick and that, Peters? That's that's neither here nor there. That, okay, that's just an, that's just rubbing salt in the wounds for a little bit. But the bigger picture is that we've lost an All-Pro cornerback here. Yeah, a really, really good player and someone that will continue to be a good player and will progress and. I genuinely believe we'll be in a gold jacket one day, which, by the way, we can no longer go to. Do you remember? We can't go to that now, can we not? No. Yeah. Do you remember last year we sat yeah. here on the podcast and said we were going to go to his Hall of Fame induction if he was a chief for life? If he was a chief for life, but you know, yeah. the thing happened. is, what I want to know as well is if these talks allegedly started at Robert Quinn coming back in the other direction, what the hell happened? Yeah. Like <laughs> genuinely, what the hell happened? Why have the chiefs settled? Like, do you know what I mean? I I would think a second or a fourth round pick would barely get Robert Quinn on his own. Yeah. So the fact that talk started at Robert Quinn and a pick just seems bizarre to me because then it's like, well, either that's not true and the Chiefs are just trying to cover their arse and actually make it yeah. seem like they tried to attempt to get something back in this trade or... 
they were that desperate to get they, him Marcus uh, Peters. But that's the thing. That is it. Just like they've gone. Well, we'd like this. The Rams have gone. No. Well, we want this. No. Okay. How about this? No. And it's just they've literally just gone. They've played and gone, it cool. And gone. But it's, the Rams haven't played it cool. Like the Chiefs have just basically handed them Marcus Peters. Like there was no reason for that. Like as I say, unless there is something that they come out and tell us that has happened, there is no reason for the Chiefs to trade Peters. We have him for two more years. We have him under team control for two more years for about $11 million. Why do we need to trade him? Yeah. Unless there is something we don't know, there is zero, zero reason to force through a trade like this. Because I said, we are pretty much guaranteed to get a third round pick yeah. when he leaves in two years' time. Exactly. And what... But and that's what I'm saying. So if we're guaranteed to get a third round pick in two years' time, surely two two more years of Marcus Peters on the ridiculous turnover rate that he's going at at this minute is worth more than getting an extra rounds worth of value in trade two years early. I mean, well, well obviously not. That's the, the Chiefs were obviously in a situation where. But that's what that's, it. That, that's why it screams to, to me. Him. They're so desperate to get rid of him. Tell us why. Say what has happened that has forced this because, yes, there's been some off-the-field stuff. We know there's been little bits here and there, and he apparently has been difficult to deal with at times. But as we we discussed earlier, up until probably, what, this season, Kelsey was exactly the same, and it certainly didn't stop the Chiefs from giving Kelsey a big contract a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. So why is this situation so different with Marcus Peters now than it was with Kelsey a few years back. Like, certainly don't think that, you know, some, you know, Kelsey was immature and a a bit of a, you know, a bit of a dick at times. I think it's probably the best way to summarize it. You stopped yourself and said it it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And obviously... We love you, Travis. You know, you might say the, the magnitude of some of the stuff that Peters has done is possibly worse. But at the same time... We've not really heard of anything going on behind the scenes. So if all we have to go off is the stuff on the field that we have seen on TV and that everybody else has seen, then this trade makes zero sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I completely completely agree with you on that. Because it's just... It it just pains me. I I just can't... I can't bring myself to think that he's going to be playing in another... Another jersey next year. So where do, where, uh, moving on from the reasons behind the trade, because I think we've gone into that uh, <laughs> massively, massively. Um, mm-hmm. Especially Dave, you make one hell of a compelling argument. I think you must have swayed half of our listeners by now. But um, <laughs> what's your expectations now um, for the Chiefs going forward, especially on def- defense? Because they're they're talking about a rebuild now in Kansas City on defense, and if they're doing a rebuild, why don't don't you look towards? making a total rebuild and maybe getting rid of some of your aging defensive stars. This is why it makes no sense to me. If this was in the works a year ago, why are you drafting Mahomes? Yeah. Because mm. the whole point of having someone like Mahomes on a rookie contract now is to take advantage of that rookie contract and put talent around him. If we're going to Especially rebuild mode now, yeah. you're then saying, well if Mahomes does play really well over the next couple of years, by the time we get the talent around him, he's going to be demanding $25 million a year and we're not going to have the cap space to put players around him. So this is why it's even more baffling. It's like 
surely you've made this, you must have, if you decided to have a rebuild, you must have made the decision before now, because otherwise the whole drafting of Mahomes and getting rid of Smith makes no sense. Because surely those moves are to free up cap space to add, bring in talent, not fucking gut the roster of talent. <laughs> it's just baffling. It makes no sense so to do, do you, it now. So where do you stand on Justin Houston right now? Because Justin Houston's on our best defensive contract. player now, probably him yeah. and Berry. Our best um, defensive player, but he's also an expensive aging player now. And if well, you're in rebuild mode, rebuild mode in a two or three years. Time, I don't trust them to get any value for him based on the Peters trade. That's the problem. Mm. Like, why would I trust the Chiefs to do the right thing and get what we probably would deserve for Justin Houston back if all they mm-hmm. can get for Marcus Peters is a second and a fourth rounder? Um, I say, like, by all means, if they're going into full-on rebuild mode, you look at guys like Barry and Houston on big contracts, but what's the, what's the point if we're not going to get value back for the guys? And I say, then you're just wasting guys like Kelsey and Hill. Hill's another guy we got on a rookie deal that if we are in rebuild mode, we're wasting. It, it's just... This is why it's just so stupid to me. It doesn't make any sense. You're just wasting two or three years of these guys in, you know, on cheap contracts just to rebuild again. Mm-hmm. Don't understand it. So you don't think there's anything where we're going to go into the free agency picking up an aging cornerback now, like, and giving a big deal? I, do, I think just, we're just to fit, just to fill I it do, in for now. I, I can't imagine us getting like Trent Johnson. Or anyone like that. I can't. I can't see us um, getting one of the big prize cornerbacks. I can see us picking up a couple of veterans, but cheaper ones. Um, but you see, now the problem we've got is everybody knows we're after a cornerback. Well, I don't know. Are we? I don't see like if Amazon really was us, because when we signed Fuller, it was like, yeah, maybe we'll, you know, look to draft a guy and bring a. You know, another guy in possibly mm-hmm. for a bit of competition, but I think most people felt pretty comfortable. Like, you know, Nelson sort of started to improve after seemingly getting over his injury mm. uh, when he initially came back. You know, I I feel pretty comfortable with having Mitchell as depth. Like, I, you know, not starting, but I I don't see any problem with having Mitchell as depth. So, you know, if you look to bring a couple of young guys in on the cheap, then you know, to build out a little bit of depth at the back of the roster, then fine. Mm. But I didn't think we were looking to possibly bring in another corner. So, yeah. like, when the, the Amazon signing happened, I was like, okay, that's we're done. I didn't see us signing anyone else because, mm-hmm. you know, it will keep us, cost us like, what, just over a million to, to keep Mitchell, which yeah. is pretty reasonable I think for a four cornerback and I think I like Mitchell him. can do right. a pretty decent job but I think you get some uh, pretty unfair stick at times like he certainly didn't play as well this year as he did the year before but I say he's certainly worth the you know, little over a million it would cost to keep him around mm-hmm. um, you know it's hard to find decent quality depth in the NFL so yeah I, I was feeling pretty comfortable and you know, it, I said you're not going to replace Marcus Peters, especially not with second no, and fourth round picks. And you're not going to get a um, free agency either. So I say, it, you know, the only guys that you could attempt to replace him with are going to cost way too much money for the Chiefs. Um, so yeah, I say this. This is why the whole thing makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
and why I, I just I don't buy the whole planned rebuild thing it, it, because as I say you have you wouldn't have worked the roster like you've worked um, over the last couple of years if that was the plan all along for this off season mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't throw picks for like the likes of Cam Irving away um, yeah uh, you know it, you'd save those draft picks and go and go for um, go for guys through the draft process and you in your evaluate evaluation of talent you just you would go fully into the rebuild and it just doesn't look like the Chiefs have any intention of really doing that I say that it's all, to, for me the whole Peters thing just screams you know we're getting rid of him regardless I don't mm-hmm. think it's got any effect on what else ever else the Chiefs were going to do for the rest of the the off season, I just think it was we need to get rid of Peters. Where that's come from, what or why that's happened, you know, we've already discussed. But yeah, that's the, I don't think it's got any effect on what they want to do with the rest of the roster. That was just a decision that had been made for whatever reason. It's happened now, and I don't think it's going to affect how they build the roster around. I still think they want to compete. Like the AFC West is not particularly strong right now. So why would we not be wanting to compete, for, you know, for the AFC West? We've got, and we did have, you know, one of the best offenses in the league for the large majority of the year last year, uh, bar that, you know, pretty terrible stretch in the middle. And, you know, if Mahomes lives up to the hype, then you've got to feel pretty good about the offense going into next year as well. So we were coming into the off season thinking a few additions on defense and we'll be in a good spot. So... I don't buy the full-on rebuild, build, but I, I I'm not sure what the plan is from here either because, say, this whole trade has just thrown a, a, a big spanner into the works. So does this does, does this now change the mindset of the Chiefs going into the draft? Because we when we had Peters, we looked as though we could pick the best player available, didn't we? But now we're going to be going into this draft going, we need a, we need defensive talent. Well, I, I think we. You know, everyone was looking and saying we probably need a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with D Ford. You know, he, if he passes his physical, do the Chiefs keep him or do they cut him? You know, that's eight nine million they could save there. Well, if you're in rebuild mode, if you're in rebuild mode, you cut him. You cut him. Yeah, actually, actually him. I think he's already been triggered, doesn't he? Has he already got this fifth year option? He's been yeah, he's had his option triggered. Yeah, but, but if they he, can, they can, they can cut him without any penalty if right. he passes his if he pass, fails passes. his physical, then. They have to pay him. Guaranteed. So it just depends on that. Um, But as I say, I think everyone knew we needed pass rush going into the draft, and that seemed to be the one area we're going to target. Our free agency signings seemed to suggest that pass rush was where we were going to aim for in the draft. And now I'm not so sure. I generally am not so sure. Like It seems like there's a few more more holes that need um, filling and, you know... If Ford's not kept, Harley's probably going to get cut. We've lost Johnson already, so you, you're looking at inside linebacker, you're looking at outside linebacker, you're looking at corner again now, just for uh, minimum depth. D-line, we don't know what's going to happen with Benny Logan, whether he's going to Yeah, so well. the defence is just a complete unknown right now. Yeah. Um, you've, you've got, what, five starters on there? So you've got Fuller, Berry, Jones, Raglan, Houston. Like They're the only locks, you would say. Uh, for starting positions yeah I don't so even know about Parker anymore yeah so you've potentially got six or seven spots that are going to need that are going to need filling and where we're going to have a problem next year is because we didn't have a pass rush we haven't had a pass rush for a couple of years but we've been reliant on Marcus Peters essentially locking down 
half of the field mm-hmm. and that won't be there this year ne- next year there will be quarterbacks who will openly throw to left and right hand side of the field so unless the Chiefs do address their pass rush it, I, fe- I fear it's going to be a long old season and mm. we're going to see many games that look like Patrick Mahomes college days with <laughs> yeah. zero defence and 100 point games oh just, an offence yeah, yeah they talk about trying to make the guy feel at home uh, <laughs> just, there you go we'll just make our defence a bit they've worse given, they've, they've given them the Texas Tech defence um, yeah. the Big 12 isn't famous for defence it, it never has been so um, yeah make make the guy feel at home I say I think I think Philly showed this year though that you can possibly cover up the back end a little bit if you do have a good pass rush so like if there's one spot I'd say you think the Chiefs will have to attack it as a pass rush. They can go out there, they can possibly, you know, bring possibly a guy in through free agency and, you know, attack that spot in the draft, you know, through the D-line and outside linebacker. Then possibly by generating pressure, like we used to do, you can sort of cover for, uh, you know, not a great dearth of talent at DB, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Berry and probably Fuller right now. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we've talked about Marcus Peters. Obviously, that's the hot topic at the minute. But we did, uh, we did have uh, another player who was actually going to be released, and it's it's Tom's favorite player as well. Yep, Derek Mark- Johnson. Even more favorite. Even more favourite? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> you tried. That's yeah, the main it, thing. Yeah. Even more so than Tony Romo, DJ. Yeah. Um, Coming from Tom, that means a lot. Yeah, DJ has always been my favourite player. I just He's well enough here. I can, hear, I can hear it already. I, know. I was going to say, this is Tom's little moment to have a, a little... I'm just, I'm just sad. Emotional I, farewell. I, I feel like it, the Chiefs could have probably got away with keeping him. Um, but then again, it comes back to the rebuild. Why would you keep him if you're in a rebuild? Do we sign him now year? after all this? Uh, Do we sign him back? <laughs> it would make me happier. It would. It, it, but it, 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 a bit seven. like a gift back to the Chiefs. Like, sorry we got rid of Peters. There's yeah. Johnson back. <laughs> what, what a servant that guy has, has been to the city and the team. There's talk this weekend about Tony Gonzalez and how he's going to be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um Derek Johnson, whilst I don't believe he's Hall of Fame bound, he's certainly Chiefs Ring of Honor. Definitely, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to that happening one day for him. Um, in fact, if they release the game early, the, the one that he's going to be inducted, I would probably try and make that the game that I go to. Yeah. Um, because well, now we can't go to Peters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Canton's, Canton's off the cards now, so we're just going to go to Johnson's. <laughs> Ring of Honor <laughs> induction. Um, it's a bit closer. The the guy just he epitomised what a lot of Chiefs fans enjoyed in football: hard hitting, passion, and just just a great player. Just a really great player. And I, I am glad he's gone. Um, I really hope that he does get another team because um, he still wants to carry on playing. I just hope that team's an NFC team, preferably an NFC East team, so we won't see him ever in our head again. I think he's. I think he's taken Kansas City to his heart. I think, hasn't he? And, and vice versa, hasn't it? Really, um, he's been um, a fantastic professional, a fantastic player, 
and I've I've personally have never seen anybody hit as hard as as what he can. Um, my favorite moment, I think, for uh, watching DJ was when he laid out um, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> the, little, the little dump off screen pass and <laughs> bang, that was it. And... I, I thought he nice killed little, him. Nice little moment in the playoffs against Tennessee as well, which will be a where you know, a, yeah, the, the horrible decision by the refs, but yeah. um, yeah, a great that was a nice little send off, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, sad to see him go because he's been been around pretty much since I started supporting the Chiefs. He's one of the you know first guys I sort of remember when I started following them that, and he's been around pretty much for as long as I've been following so yeah it's sad to see him him finally have to the leave after all this time because yeah he's been absolutely incredible for us over the last sort of eight nine ten years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll finish on that soon but I'm going to say uh, what's your favourite Marcus Peters moment cool um, a few of our members will remember this this moment, um, and I'm sure it's probably your yours two's favourite moment as well. Is it was the pick six of Peyton Manning in his first ever start at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Um, why the reason why I remember that is not necessarily the pick six, but the reaction to the pick six. We actually had a meet up, an Arrowheads abroad meet up in London for that game, even though it was a a late Thursday night game. And there was about 10 of us all sat in this lounge in a Hippodrome casino watching the game. And John Cartwright, who was actually on the Drunken Podcast with us a, f- a few weeks ago, um, when Peters had the pick six and scored the touchdown, John did the most amazing, epic knee slide across the casino floor. <laughs> and he just went mental and it was incredible. It really was fun to see. And then because of he was making so much noise the bouncer come in and give us a warning and told us any more of that that he would turn off the game we'd all have to go home so we had to make sure that John was on best behaviour afterwards but yeah without Marcus Peters that moment wouldn't have been possible so yeah Marcus Peters creating the, the John Cartwright knee slide yeah uh, I, you know what I'm going to go with a different moment as 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 great as that was but I would say his first first ever game against the Houston Texans on his first ever defensive play and he got a pick and it was just like for me that was that moment when you you know sometimes you watch a guy and just almost immediately you you get a feel for how good a guy is going to be and it was just watching Peters that you know it wasn't a particularly it was a bad throw um, and you know it was a pretty you know you expect him to pick it off but it was just that you know, when you see a guy who's a rookie and in the first play of the first ever game, they pick somebody off and it was just yeah. like watching that moment there, it was just like we got ourselves a player. It was a confidence it was in just, him, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just that moment where you go, you know what, this guy is gonna be really, really good and I can't wait to watch him over the next few years. Yeah. Um and that was that moment for me. It was like as I say, first ever first ever regular season game on his first ever play yeah. to make that pick. I've, I've, I think I've kind of combined two here. I, I know it's a bit of a cheat, like, but I I really enjoyed the celebration he did when he hoofed the ball into the crowd. Oh, the pun. when he punted it. Yeah. <laughs> that for me showed passion. What after the um, strip sack of yeah uh, the strip sack the strip tackle of the Kelvin Benjamin sack. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and when he hoofed it yeah it, it was just like you know he he was so euphoric from from doing that you know like ripping well, it out of a, a wide receiver's well, hand like that. 
being an English fan, according to American media, English fans only like the kicking side of American football anyway. <laughs> so that's probably yeah. the reason why I like it. So yeah. we, you know, we're, we're a sucker for a drop kick. So <laughs> you know, we love the punt that Marcus Peters did. <laughs> yeah, but um, my my other moment, I think, was um, I think it was last season. Yeah, it was uh, Jamal Charles. Um, I love yeah. Jamal Charles. I already, I always have. He's been one of the players that. Uh, one of my all-time favourites, and uh, for for him to get stripped by uh, Marcus Peters to make that play was um, it was a big moment because it was chief on chief almost, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and yeah, to, to to see that happen, especially to a player like Jamal Charles, who's had a fantastic career, and then you've got this young rookie, and not rookie, but young, you know, young cornerback, just strip it out of him like it was nothing, it was unreal. Um, so that was it. That was another big moment for me. I think. Top player. You, we've, uh, between us, we've just made me really sad. I've gone from angry to sad in the space of a minute. I, it's my way of trying to calm you down, mate. Yeah. Talk about DJ, and yeah. that's it. You bring us a tear to your well, eye. You know. That was the thing. It was like, you know, as frustrating as he was at times, he was just so good. It was like, yeah. you know. I always had the feeling that he he wasn't long for Kansas City and that we probably would lose him when his rookie contract ended. Yeah. I, thought I, it was I always had that feeling. Yeah, yeah, I always felt like, you know, he'd probably go back over to the West Coast once his contract was up. And I was okay with that, you know. It was like, like we were saying before, not every kid dreams up, grows up of, you know, dreaming of playing for Kansas City. And that's fine. You know, but it was at least like you had that feeling, like you know what? At least we have five years to enjoy the hell out of watching doing what he does week in, week out. And that's why I think I'm so sad. Is it just feels like we've had two years of this incredible, incredible player just ripped away from us for peanuts? And that's why it's so sad because it's just like you know, it's different with guys like Jamal Charles and Derek Johnson and Tamba Harley because it's just like. You know those guys have got to the end of their careers and it's kind of like, okay, they're not good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. But we're losing a guy here who's not even in the prime. He's just getting towards the prime, prime years of their career. And now he's gone and it's just... And we have to watch him play against us in a few months' time as well. <gasps> Do you know what? I thought, totally forgot about that, you know. Mahomes and Hill against... Peters, yeah, With yeah, Aaron supporting him. Mm. That's mouth watering. I say normally I would say I hope Peters picks him, you know, picks us off about five times and <laughs> gives a giant middle finger to Clark Hunt. Yeah, but because I love Mahomes so much, I hope like Mahomes falls ill with food poisoning the day before, can't play. Some backup QB we don't give a shit about plays and. Peters picks him off five times and then <laughs> gives the middle finger to Clark Hunt. That's probably be, I think, the ideal scenario for me right now. Or have Mahomes just aim at Peters all the time and just uh, he'll burn him all the time. No, <laughs> I'm just throwing it in like, there. I'm just kind of like the Marcus <laughs> Peters giving a giant middle finger to Clark Hunt a little bit yeah. right now. Yeah, at, at the minute, yeah. Unless or, something else comes out, or, or I'd like that. What if Marcus Peters gets a bug a couple of days before the game? And he he's got a bad case of the runs, and he's just sat in the toilet for the entire game. And 
we don't see Marcus Peters and we can pretend it never actually happened. Bad case of the runs, was that like a hill joke there? No, I'm just thinking he's going to shit himself. did so well. You did so well. So, who's going to be the team that's going to be heading towards the Super Bowl next year? <laughs> Not the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it there. Has it changed now? Has it? Has it changed now? Uh, <laughs> wow. <well. laughs> no. If if anything, it's really improved the Rams team massively, hasn't it? I mean, I know I know they were great defense be scary anyway, good but next year. They're going to be awesome, good. aren't they? They're going to be really good. Anyway, I think we'll uh, we'll end it there, lads. Um, thanks a lot yeah, for joining I'm going, us. I'm, go- I'm going back to fighting everyone on Twitter. Over this, <laughs> Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. I've, I've kind of calmed if, down. If, I'm if, sure if, I'll get a few uh, angry tweets after this goes <laughs> out and, as well, I'd imagine. If, the, if I was in a pub and there was other fans in front of me that were having this argument, I think I would have glassed them about 10 times. <laughs> you, no, you're, no you're, you're a windmill kind of guy, you, aren't you? You're just going with a windmill. Yeah, pretend I was like, in my teenage years in a mosh pit. Just just close your eyes and windmill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well that's it for this week's arrowheads abroad podcast get involved with the discussions on our twitter page at kc chiefs underscore uk and don't forget to who subscribe to the podcast on itunes and soundcloud to receive the new show as soon as it's available and remember to leave us a review as well uh so from the lads and for myself and from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon see you later bye <laughs>